and there'll be people listening to this that will hate me for saying this. Not tonight, you're not on the list. Hello, I'm Conor McLoon and welcome to the You're Not On The List podcast produced for Rewind That Track. On this podcast, we interview, dive deep and take a journey into the lives of those in the music industry. Everything from backstage to onstage, we're here to chat to the people that make up the scene. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. If you haven't already, can you hit that follow button on Spotify or Apple Music and can you give us a five star rating if you enjoy the series? My guest this week is a producer who's been firing up the UKG music scene in the UK for the past few years and is set for a huge 2023. It's Opidan. During this record, we discuss how she started off throwing raves in village halls when she was still at school. We used to like rent out um, village halls and really? put, yeah, and put like a rig in it essentially. Yeah. We discuss how the cost of living crisis has changed the way that people are interacting with raves and festivals. I think like the last six months as well, like I've noticed the clubs get emptier and emptier. And what's the most challenging part of working in the industry? It's difficult as well to know like the balance where you should be turning down shows. My guest this week is a UKG artist with releases on the likes of Kiwi Records, Night Bass, Steppers Club and Beast Wang. She's done guest mixes for the likes of Rinse FM, holds 35,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and if her career in 2022 is anything to go by, 2023 is going to be huge for her. It's Izzy Fielding, aka Opidan. Izzy, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, like I was talking about earlier, a little bit tired, midweek tired, it's winter yeah. now, isn't it? It's, uh, it's darker, sunshine's gone, like it's a little bit colder, uh, it's a little bit slightly more miserable. Are you a fan of winter or are you a summer person? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely a winter person, I think. Oh yeah? Yeah, I love going to the pub in the summer and I love yeah. hanging out with my mates in the summer, but I like staying in as well. Okay, what, staying in being cosy or you just like, you yeah. prefer to get work done? Nah, like being cosy and like in okay. the summer, like I can't like hug or like, cuddle my girlfriend because it's too yeah. hot <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah one of those ones yeah yeah one yeah, of those ones I'll run quite hot as well to be fair and always have to have yeah. a fan on if you're sleeping in like in the summer or anything like that yeah but, um, yeah 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 100% um do you get foam like I feel like there's less I always get less FOMO in winter than I do in summer as well um, FOMO like fear of that. missing out like so you know oh. if you see people at events or going to stuff like I used to get it like, like I used to get it really really badly when I was like 18 to 21, 22, where you'd like see people going to events or whatever, and you're like, oh, fucking hell, I missed that. Or you see their story, you see like stuff, and you're like, oh shit, I really wish I, uh, I really wish I went to that, or I feel like I was missing out. But, um, but yeah, yeah in winter, summer. I don't really get it as much. Yeah, summer's, but that's because as well, it all just looks really nice, doesn't it, in summer? Yeah, it you, does. I think you forget about all of like the slightly shit parts of going to a festival when you can see it on someone's phone. Yeah, it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's social media through and through, isn't it? It's you just yeah. you see the best stuff, all you see is the highlight reel. You don't yeah. see like everything else that goes on behind it. But um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I feel like most people sort of get less less fear of missing out. I mean, obviously, I suppose there's not really that many festivals in the winter or autumn. So you're not really getting, like you said, those nice picturesque shots or like the mad stuff. It's obviously just all like clubs and raves. Do you prefer, where yeah. do you prefer playing? Like in a, in a nightclub in summer or in winter? Like, is there much of a difference? Oh, uh, definitely, awesome? definitely like winter nightclub. Yeah, 100%. go on. Why? Yeah. In the summer, I think there's obviously like less focus on the um, the nightclub side of things because everyone's going to festivals. And, yeah. And I feel like it always gets left behind a little bit 
I feel like club summer I can't even I can't even really name or think of like a, a notable club experience in the summer yeah whereas in the winter I think people wish they're like primary source of going out so yeah it's just a better time yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. Like something for people to look forward to. One thing that uh, we were going to talk about, I just I mentioned in there, sort of uh, in the intro, like I said, UKG artist. What would you sort of define yourself as, or sort of how would you describe yourself? Not in sort of like a, like I ask a couple of people that when they sort of can fit into more than one genre. Like some people obviously strictly like, nah, this is just the type of music I make. Yeah. Like it might just be jump up, drum and bass. But I feel yeah. like with your sound, obviously for people that are listening that might not necessarily have heard your sound, it could fit into like a couple of different categories, or it could fit into like a couple of different sort of like a. Like, um, areas or like subgenres or stuff like that. So, if you were to sort of like describe yourself as a producer or as an artist, like what would you sort of say your music is like? I would say UKG, but I think I'm starting to like move not away from it, but expand to other parts of like the dance um, scenes. Like one, I've got a couple of 140 bits, and I, I go into like slower. Like I've released a couple of like slower. UKG but kind of the BPM of house but it's it's got both in it a little bit mm. um yeah so I would say UKG but I think I do kind of blur the line sometimes a little bit and what do you think fuels like your interest like in going to those different routes is it from like a is it from like a business perspective where you might be like okay this sound is getting quite popular at the moment and this is sound is like picking up or like or is it literally just like I really like this music this is something that I used to listen to when I was younger like this is the nah, vibe that I'm dealing with I'm notoriously bad at wanting to make the music that's in at that time like yeah. I think I just make I don't know how to describe it but yeah I just make stuff that I want to make and then just go with it really depending on the time see someone else doing something that looks sick or yeah or whatever is um, there anything that you don't think you'd never touch like music wise uh i think i have but probably not again is drum and bass because okay. I, I did release a couple of drum and bass tunes like very very early on um on the like opera Dam project yeah but um i wouldn't do it again because just the the difference in scene is so big like okay, the so people come were coming to like me for more drum and bass and it wasn't happening. I just found myself like in a worse space than I was before. What um, do you mean? Sorry, they were coming to you for more drum and bass. Like you mean like people were liking what you were putting out, but you were like, actually, I don't really like this sound. Yeah, I just, I'm not massively into it. And I kind of, I did it because my girlfriend, I just met my girlfriend yeah. and she was a drum and bass DJ and yeah. I wanted to make something that she could play. Oh, um, that's very cute. And then she also like was running, she runs um, Invicta Audio with like her mates. They're like a drum and bass brand in Bristol. Yeah. It's like a reasonably sized drum and bass brand. And um, I wanted to get in with like her mates and like, yeah, just like look good. I make don't know. a good impression. Yeah, of course yeah. you do. Like, you make a good impression. Like you want, you want to get on with your, um, with your partners or girlfriends, uh, like obviously friends and like you, you want to have a vibe. That's quite nice though that you were like, right, I'm going to do this. Like most people obviously might like, have a dinner party or like try to like, do something <laughs> like to a while and you're like, right, I'm going to make tunes that all these yeah. people like so, to yeah. do that. And that's pretty wicked. Yeah, and then what but, you were just like, actually my heart's not in it. Like actually yeah, it's like a long time. Yeah, thing. yeah. I like put it out, with, I put it out of them like, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. Just to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, I'm nice, or whatever. Yeah. And then they were like, "Can we have more?" And I was like, "No, no, <laughs> no one and done. One and, always leave one and one and more. Always leave yeah. one and more. If you've got a good reaction with it, that's quite good, though, isn't it? Like, yeah, you, uh, you don't want to like, you don't want to. There's a lot of like, if 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 it had a good reaction at the start, and that's where you drew the line, like everyone's just going to remember you for making good drum and bass tunes. Yeah, you didn't put anything out of shit like that. So that's quite good. 
Yeah. That's quite good. Not tonight. You're not on the list. Hi, it's Upper Dan, and you're listening to the You're Not On The List podcast for Rewind That Track. Um, so take it back to the start, sort of like, what are your origins, like right back at the start with like music that you were listening to? So like, whether that was like stuff around the house or whether that was like first raves or events you were going to, whether it was anything that was really embarrassing or anything that was quite cool and eclectic, like what were you listening to right at the start to get yourself into the scene? Um, well, I'd like, I don't know, like I started list. my, my parents are like quite musical, but oh, they love music, but they're not particularly musical. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always been music like around my house or my two houses because my parents are together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both like 90s kids. So it's all like 90s music. Um, and they did like Raven as well, which is kind of funny because now mm-hmm. they want to come to my gigs and stuff, which is quite funny. Have they been um, to any of them yet? Yeah, I took my mum to one in Manchester um, and she was like dancing. It was It was really funny. She nice. dancing to MPH. Nice, um, nice. You, and she enjoyed it? Yeah, yeah, she really enjoyed yeah. it. And then I, I took my dad to one in London where he had like work drinks. He works in London. Yeah. And then I like messaged him like, he was like, oh, can I come to your gig actually? And then That's he came like quite wankered. Yeah. Just like dancing in front of, like at the front of everyone. I was like, did they, head um, and hands, but yeah, it's still no, funny. Nice to support, isn't it? Like, did they, did they like, um, afterwards, did they sort of say, like, oh, this was like really different to like what we were like in the 90s when we were going raving, or were they like, oh, there was actually like this was quite similar to like, like a certain aspect? Yeah, like, that was, like, my similar. dad's doesn't like the sound of like side chain at all. Okay, he's like very specifically said when you do that weird thing where it like ducks, like the volume yeah. ducks, um. I don't like it because <laughs> they wouldn't have had that then. Um, yeah. It's like a production thing, which yeah. is interesting. Um, so just as a bit yeah. of an overview for people listening, like side chaining, just if you could, I know you obviously mentioned it slightly there, but could you just sort of summarize really simply what side chaining is? It's essentially just like in, in UK garage anyway, like the sound at the moment is to duck every beat the beginning where the kick drum hits duck okay. the volume of everything else around the tune. Okay. So that um, allows basically like one part of, like you said there, the kick drum to punch through in the track where everything else is yeah. basically brought down in volume. So it's, yeah, so it just sounds like more obvious. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been a thing maybe when my dad was younger because you need like a computer to be mm. working on that for it to work. Mm. Um, whereas like analog equipment doesn't do that. Um, yeah. Nice. And then they sort of like, so they were listening to music around the house. What sort of stuff were they listening to? Like you said, uh, uh, 90s, like rave stuff, but were they, is that what they were putting on? So there were like any like classic mixes or was there anything that was sort of like, was, was it like more, Acid House or was it Trance or was it sort of like... It was like more like um, Chemical Brothers yeah. and Orbital and okay. um, I'm trying to think of some other examples. That was what my, my dad and my mum were into quite a bit. Yeah, so and a lot of like, like indie, indie like Brit rock, like okay, so sort of well. like big beat stuff, and then like classic nineties sort of like indie, like you said, like yeah. alternative stuff there as well. Good mix, it's yeah. not bad, is it? It's not like it's not cheese or it's nothing that's too sort of like uh, embarrassing at the time. There's been a lot of people yeah. that would give a lot of different answers, so that's quite a good, uh, that's quite a good step up. Obviously, that's different to what um, you make at the moment and sort of the sound you produce. So, what was sort of like your first introduction into sort of like whether that's UKG or bass music or anything like that, where you were like listening to it? I am, um, yeah, baseline. I think the whole baseline thing when it first kicked off was when I was about 14 or 15 in 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, and I was really into it, and all my mates were all really into it, like sitting in parks listening to it because we couldn't mm-hmm. actually go out 
Um, and we started going to festivals, like we went to NAS Festival every year because you could go as a concession and get away with not bringing like your cousin who's 18 or whatever. Like it used to okay. be, you could yeah. be underage and go on your own and you'd get away with it. So we used to do okay. that. Um, and my first introduction to that kind of music was there really, like with my friends and they're still my friends now. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, really, really like, the height of like TQD and Notion and Skepsis and Crewcast and all that. Mm-hmm. That is where I like came into it. And so like a NAS festival, isn't it? It's just outside Ch- Cheltenham. I've been there once to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on. near Bristol. It's in yeah. Near Bristol. Bath, yeah. And um, it's quite a, like iconic for bass and drummer bass. Like they're sort of like the two things, aren't they really? Like there's a lot of like uh, lively sets and a lot of, like you said, it's quite actually recognized as having like quite a young crowd. I feel like when yeah. you sort of see stuff online and like in the generalization of things, obviously you've got Glastonbury, which is like a massive eclectic thing of art and like, people take their families and it's a big mixture of people like Reading and Leeds sort of slightly like sick for me era now like not obviously what it was like back in the 90s and like early 2000s and stuff like that but NAS Festival yeah seems to sort of be like a, a coming of age rite of passage for like yeah like a little bit sick form and just before sick form and slightly after sick form like I, w- I went there two years ago to shoot an after movie for uh, 440 Records and it was a lot of the people that were playing there and I literally just drove down shot the movie and then went back but I was walking through the thing and was like oh yeah fucking hell everyone's like 16 and 17 so here. young like, yeah absolutely everyone it was really strange I kept actually. coming I'm back every year like yeah kept coming back every year and just going oh like this is I'm getting older and older yeah. and older and then I went this year as well because me and my girlfriend both played and um obviously we'd not been like as an artist before yeah um and we were just like oh my god like everyone's so young it's crazy yeah. And it seemed quite loose as well. Like from what I remember seeing, there was a lot of, uh, obviously, like I said, if, if it's people's first festivals, that combined with like heavy, heavy, like electronic bass music and everything like that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of wonky states walking around and a lot of people, you think, oh, <laughs> yeah. you're way too fucked up and you're like 16 years old, like 17. I mean, everyone does it yeah. and everyone did it at that time. But especially when you get like 10 years on, you're like, oh God, I really hope you're all right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh yeah, like in the campsite, I remember like being probably about 15 and like someone chucked a bottle of piss like, in my tent open in your tent oh i hear about it like hitting the tent on the outside but in the tent someone would be getting smacked in the face came in and just went like everywhere and i was just like what what just a stranger yeah 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 yeah. it's quite it's quite loose yeah that is loose loose. that's not what you want but you still enjoyed the festival apart from that yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) yeah I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, you survived it. Yeah, you, you absolutely yeah. survived it. And then sort of like what was, so that's what you start listening to. You're going to those festivals, uh, well, going to NASA especially and a couple of the other ones, listening to TQD, listening to sort of, a, I suppose actually it was probably the second wave of Baseline. The first one would have been like 2006, 2007 with like Niche and everything in Sheffield and like Jamie Duggan and Q, like the first time around and like yeah. Burger Boy and other stuff like that. And so that was sort of like the second wave of like UK Bass and Baseline, like 2014, 15, um, around that era. And then sort of like, what were you like, right, I'm going to grab a pair of decks or I'm going to start producing or I'm going to like try and get a, a first set at like a local pub or like a small nightclub or anything? It was, um, yeah, I got a pair of decks. Yeah. And then was doing like, me and my mates used to, because obviously all this time we're like still underage, like we can't go out and we were living, at the time I was living in like rural Dorset. So there's like nothing nice. really to do. Yeah, not, um, uh, not a big club scene or not a, like, a massive like, yeah. established club scene. There's there. no baseline scene in rural Dorset. Whereabouts um, in Dorset? I went to um, I went to Bournemouth Uni, so I was there for like three and a bit years. Like so sort Yeov- of, uh, Yeovil, but like south of okay. Yeovil. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know roughly what you mean, yeah. Um, like Dorchester in between okay. Dorchester yeah, yeah. and Yeovil. 
Um, but yeah, so we used to like rent out um, village halls and really? put, yeah, and put like a rig in it essentially. Yeah. And then I, that's how I started like DJing was doing and that. And where were you getting a rig from? Like, was it a mate like, of a mate that had it? Or it was just like a mate it? of a mate or it was like someone's older cousin that's got yeah. one or like whatever. Like I remember a couple of times we broke, we broke my, um one of my mate's older cousin's rig and he was like the cool, like he's the older cousin, like he could sort yeah. us out with everything. And yeah, everyone was like, 250 quid, 250 quid. I ain't got 250 quid to, to fix it. It's all like 15, 16. Yeah, 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 of course. But, um, yeah. So what, that's quite interesting then, really, because like I said, you sort of, you were like, right, we can't really go to events and we don't really just want to be doing it at a house party. So like you're going to like a village hall or like a, a church type of thing, putting on an event. Like how are you sort of like, were you like, were you like charging tickets for like to, for like entry and stuff like that? Yeah, we're doing like a quid. A quid on a the door. Quid, a quid on the door. Look at that. A That's quid. a bargain. That's yeah. it. And I don't what, think like, everyone ever paid the quid though. No. <laughs> and then what were you doing? Like advertising it like on like Facebook and stuff like that to get, like get people to turn up. We just invite like all of our year group at school and okay. a couple of people from the year below and a couple of people from the year above. Yeah. This is it. Probably in like year twelve, year okay. eleven. No, yeah, year eleven. Yeah. This isn't sit form. Um. And yeah, and then we just get as many people to turn up as possible. Is that how many people were sort of like coming through the door on average at like some of those events? I can't, I can't really remember to be honest, but like my idea of just like space is like not there from, I can't, I just can't remember, but probably about 300 people. That's good. Do you know, like, there's people obviously that put events on in nightclubs, like for the first couple of events that struggle to get that through the door. Yeah. Um, obviously like paying a quid each, like is probably going to be quite enticing for people as well. And also like you said, if they can't get into like clubs, they're thinking like, well, fucking hell, where can we go to like see music? Yeah. Or, like, where all our mates are as well. Um, what was some of like the, the market? What, yeah, absolutely. Like that's always what you got to find, isn't it? In business, like a gap in the market. What was, um, what was some of the, like, is there anything like stand out? fuck up from some of those early events that you were like oh god this happened and it was horrendous I know you mentioned about the rig breaking but is there anything we were like oh god like, uh, what like? There's, I can't remember if it was one of those events but I think it was a party that was in a village hall we kind of like say it was a party um, I can't remember if it was for no reason yeah I think it was just a party but um, one of my friends Bartek there's a picture of him with the fire extinguisher from the village hall, just like spraying it everywhere. Yeah. And like, there's still the photo, like the photo is just like perfect. Just him just like absolutely having it to like <laughs> some Mackie G or something. Nice. Like spraying the fire extinguisher everywhere. Would they let you book it? Like, did you have to say, did you have to lie about like what the event was? Cause I was yeah. assuming like, obviously if it's quite a, quite a small sort of like rural thing. And if you're going, yeah, we're putting on a rave, quid ticket, yeah. we're getting a rig in, they'll be like, absolutely not, you're not booking it you'd, out. But you'd have to say there was, um, you'd have to say there was an adult involved. So there would yeah. have to be one adult involved. And luckily like one of our mates, dads was just like really nice and really calm. And yeah, liked going out as well and saw what we were trying to do with it and and just kind of showed up and just put a blind eye to everything yeah yeah um but yeah a couple of times we had like other people's parents do it and like they were fuming at the state of it and stuff but yeah we stopped doing it i think because they started to ban people of that age booking out village halls that makes um, sense that makes sense so how many of them do you reckon you put on like before you obviously got the ban in um, there was about, I think there was about five, five okay. of them. That's all right. That's um, a good little stint to like cut your teeth on and like first put on events and stuff like that. Yeah. It was, it was really fun as well. We just really wanted to go out, be able to like hear the music that we really liked, but yeah. just couldn't, 
Um, and it was either that or, or literally going to NAS once a year. Yeah. So okay, NAS was so like yeah, momentous, yeah. like it's nearly Matt, like, it's nearly yeah, NAS. Yeah, 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 um, yeah But yeah. And then sort of what were the next steps after that then? So like you, is it what you suddenly turned 18 and you were like, right, we can take this to like a nightclub now or was it something else? Not even, I was just wanted to go out as much as humanly possible when I turned 18, I think, because I hadn't had the privilege before. Mm. Um, yeah, went to loads of festivals, went out a lot and then just the whole time like ticking away, like having a go at production, but um, foc- I focused on like other aspects of production for quite a while. I focused on like neo soul and jazz and um, hip hop and like different different stuff because I was mm. originally like a jazz guitarist as well. I did that all through school, and that was also what interested me. I was like really into like um, Kate Janada and Tom Mish and okay, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So I did a- I did that for a while, and then came back to making I found dance music like too difficult I just like going out to it and okay. then um went to that for a bit and then came back and then found actually it was a lot easier than making the stuff I was making before and I'd like got a lot better quite quickly um and yeah and then I started just putting stuff out wicked and so like what was it that was over a point where you were like actually I think I, I want to be like a, a jazz musician or I think I want to be trying to produce this type of music yeah there was there was I well I was I applied for to do a degree in jazz mm. in Leeds College of Music with a side of like music production mm-hmm. and I didn't get it so then I went to Bristol to do just music production okay um, cool and I think that that is kind of like what shapes um what I've ended up doing because I probably would be on a completely different path if I decided to do like a full-time performance yeah, Great. you probably would have, to be fair. Like you said, if you'd studied a little bit and you know the theory of everything with jazz and that's what the main focus of your degree was going to be, then like, yeah, I mean, obviously there's like sort of chaos chaos theory, like anything could have like changed at any point like there. But talk to me about Bristol, because I, I don't really, I've only had one or two people on the podcast about Bristol. Like I sort of think about like music geography in the UK and like some people in the music scene will say like obviously different cities are like well established for like different sounds and obviously like uh, Bristol being big for like trip hop and drum and bass and running size and um like massive attack and everything else from that sort of like era and that sort of like psychogeography but then also like um oh shit what is it is it turbo island that's in bristol at the moment yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. then that sort of like new not new but like that not sort of uh vibe as well from like bristol like having that new bass sound um and having a bit of sort of like recognition there and about it sort of seeing like uh web club and everything else that's going on um around that area like what does bristol sort of mean to you like with regards to music and how would you say it sort of differs to say like london or manchester i think um the scene in bristol is a lot more i think everything's got its space um it's drum and bass capital like Mm. you can't deny that and the crowd has previously been and i think is getting it's getting better but um it's always been quite difficult to please as like a place to to go out and like and play um, difficult to please in the sense that right these are people that are coming up to these events that are not that necessarily use this term but are like music snobs and be like right impress us like we know music through and through and we try bit, to do this or but also just like they're just dmb heads like there's just so yeah. many dmb heads and obviously what we're what i'm doing is a little bit slower and a little yeah. bit more kind of it's more f- like a different kind of fun i think yeah um that people a lot of drum and bass heads sometimes could be quite serious about about the music and mm-hmm. 
I think quite a lot of garage is is very like fun and relaxed, and that's kind of the point of it. It's like a bubbly. yeah. And do you know what? I'd agree with that actually. Like I, you get a lot of purists in drum and bass that are like now just like liquid. Especially, I find it more as well if it's to do. And there'll be people listening to this that will hate me for saying this, but like <laughs> I feel like if it's liquid or if it's something that's not um, high energy, so it's not like jump up or neurofunk or anything like that, which are obviously subgenres of drum and bass. Yeah. Like, so I feel like people that like jump up or neuro or that will be a lot more open minded and like energy, and they're just like here for the vibes and whatever. And yeah. stuff that's like half time or stuff that's like liquid. Um, uh, IDM or, side, yeah, the like the, the more sort of what you'd start, like intelligent or more sort of like serious, um, and people might not like me for saying this, but would I'd say that people that enjoy that or a massive purist in that might be slightly more closed minded in like this is only what we like and this is what I've come here to see, and I'm then maybe the type of people that would be jumping in the comments on like some mixes or jumping in the comments of some stuff like that. Um, and I probably would agree with you saying there that like Garage, especially this new UKG and everything that like obviously uh, yourself and Sammy and um, Kiwi Records and everything else that's going on there would be sort of like fun. It's supposed to be fun and energy and like the crowd is supposed to be having a good laugh and it's quite welcoming and you get sort of a lot more um, features and collabs and like people jumping on like doing um, vocals and stuff like that. I'd say it's a lot more open-minded and, and accessible to people than some of the sub-genres are specifically yeah. as well in like drum and bass. I'm trying to think if there's any, do you think there's any sort of like other um, genres of music where you get like actual like, this is like serious, like this needs to be like this. Like I... I don't know to be honest. Drum and bass is, can be bad for it, but um, yeah, I think like the the Bristol scene's been bubbling as well to like be quite underground and just like mm-hmm. quite raw, and um, it's it's really good, and I think it's all started to tie together a bit. Um, but for a while, I did feel like it was quite a difficult place to play, but I think recently, um, it's a lot it's a lot better. It's a lot mm-hmm. less less um sleepy yeah i think um i'm, I'm gonna put you under pressure now what's the uh, what's the best venue in bristol uh lakota 100 yeah. percent. okay um cool. i've never played in motion okay but i am playing in motion in a couple of weeks nice why um, is lakota the best i it's like my home like i was a resident there um all my friends are still residents there mm-hmm. um like my my girlfriend's like basically lives there my girlfriend's like best mate from school like runs it like it's just mm-hmm. like everyone there is like people that were residents there and other people that are running it like it's mm-hmm. just like um yeah it's home 100 percent. wicked wicked um and what would you say that's your favorite venue in the uk like overall out of everything i think so yeah I'd, i've not been to like warehouse projects i've not been to print works yeah and like i feel like they are categorically like just people's favorite venues in the uk and i could 100 yeah. percent see why but i think there's so much history in lakota for me from like um seeing sammy in like 2018 when i just turned 18 and just thinking mm. it was the sickest thing in the world and then turning around to be like playing yeah. with him build on the same like lineup or whatever um in like february this year it's crazy like it's just it's my home yeah it's my home yeah <laughs> it's yeah, my yeah. home what sort of cap is like um Lakota? i've not been there myself but I, like when you were mentioning there a lot, a lot of people do obviously say print works which is obviously closing down next year but the owners of that are sort of running uh, that new one called the beams uh which they've taken that over because print works is going to be closing next year and, and uh, warehouse project which are great but i personally prefer like the small like slightly more intimate ones like smaller yeah like, i get it when there's like a massive crowd but if you've got say like twenty thousand people uh, I feel like sometimes, you know, like 
if you go to a rave or you go to an event and you've got that many people there, um, they'll be like, uh, they'll be say like out of 20,000 people, like there might be 14,000 that are like massive, like absolutely there for the music, like love it, love seeing the artists or whatever. Then there might be still like 2,000, 3,000 that have bought tickets because their mates are going and they're like, right, I'll just go check it out, whatever. And I feel yeah. like you maybe dilute the energy and you dilute the, the bigger the venue, obviously because of the sheer size, whatever, the energy is more difficult to like keep contained and it's more difficult to sort of get an atmosphere because obviously the bigger the venue, like the atmosphere can sort of like be more difficult to actually like build up. And yeah. then also you sort of where you get the more people you invite or the more people you can hold, the more chances there are of like people coming. And obviously everyone's like open to, and there's no, there's no sort of say about who can go to an event or who can't, but the more people that are obviously there, the less likely you are to like actually get people that are there for the music, music or like there for like, I know this artist, I know this sound or whatever. And you just sort of get, yeah. with, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, you know, you get some people that like, oh, I'll buy a ticket because all my mates are going. And then you might get yeah. someone that's like, oh, I just want to go out tonight. Where's, where, where, where should we go? This and that, which is obviously yeah, fine. Yeah. And obviously it takes a massive blend of people, but I do find the bigger venues, you'd like the nights, if I think, if I think back to raves or whatever, and I think back to an event where you like have like flashes in your memory or like that was a sick drop or like that was a sick set or that was everything mad. They're always smaller ones and like they're all sli slightly smaller ones. I'm thinking like Fabric, XOYO, uh, a couple of the smaller ones up in like Manchester are sort of like, oh, that's yeah. good. And the energy's mad and the energy's popping because the room yeah. might be say like 300 people, but it's 300 people that like know every single song that's coming in. It's, infect like, it's know, more yeah. infectious as well. Like it's yeah. just a tight um, space. Yeah. So what's Lakota then? Is it like, is it massive or is it sort of like quiet? It's, I think it's about 2000 when they okay. open up the whole thing and yeah. like... I think there's like one, two, three, four. I think there's five rooms in total. Mm. So I think the main room is about a thousand and then mm. all the other rooms kind of add up to another thousand, I think. Okay. Cool. But um, yeah, it's, it's a weird shaped club because it's like, instead of it being a big kind of just a, like a massive amount of space in front of you, mm -hmm. there's a balcony and like it's all kind of to the right. So that the it's, it's a bit of a strange like setup, but mm. um it does make you feel like it's very like iconic. Like it's very, um, it is just like Lakota is Lakota. There's like nowhere that's similar to it. I think, um, nice. saying that though, like one time, uh, my girlfriend was playing with like a sh when she was a resident, like three years ago before COVID and someone fell through the balcony. Oh shit. <laughs> and like, there's just like a hole. They just put like, they put, um, those cones like around the hole and we're just like yeah we'll carry on with the night just don't go <laughs> don't go in the hole health and safety we got health <laughs> yeah. and safety yeah, yeah. Uh, the fire marshal or whatever is not going to be wanting to listen to that that's mad uh, yeah <laughs> that was ages ago we just put some cones it's like putting when you were at school and you get something wrong and they just put a wet paper towel on your head yeah. or like on the counter and they'll be like that was sorted don't worry about it that's fine give That'll you a, one of them sweets one of them cough sweets they're just like doesn't matter what it is just they gave you cough a... sweets at school yeah what, was, oh, they? what are they called the they start of L, Ooh's. I can't remember. Oh, Lemsip. No, not Lemsip. Um, not Lemsip, but Lockets. Le... Lockets? Oh, I can't think. My brain's gone. It's them ones strepsils. It doesn't start of yeah. L. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna point that out and I thought, nah, she'll 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 uh, she'll work out in a second. Nah, strepsils. Uh, strepsils, they just give you a strepsil, it doesn't matter what's wrong with you. Yeah. Like hurt your foot, have a strepsil. Nice. 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 <laughs> Hi, it's Upper Dan, and you're listening to the You're Not On The List podcast for Rewind That Track. We're talking about clubs as well. Like, um, obviously, you played in Poland last month. Uh, you did, didn't you? Yeah. 
he did. So yeah. the face you pulled then, I was like, oh God, have I just totally got that wrong? Just like, no, <laughs> no, 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 Yeah, yeah. And, um, and like I saw the videos from it and it looked like the crowd obviously were popping in there as well. Um, how do you sort of find that, like, um, do you find that there is a difference between sort of like a bit of a European crowd energy? Obviously we're in Europe and on like European Union, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but do you find that there's like a different uh, crowd energy or sort of like vibe in a European club to sort of like what it's like in the UK? Like, was it well received over there or was it a little bit like, oh, this is... A hundred percent. I was like so surprised by it. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, they took me out there and I didn't really know what to expect at all. And then it was really, it was really early. It was like, I think my set was at like one and mm-hmm. they were playing at like probably like half 11, 12 and they're playing Get Dumb by mm-hmm. Sammy Virgin and MPH, which is like, probably one of the biggest tunes. I can't mm. remember if it was this year or last year. Um, but it's just like a, yeah, really good, like classic, like UKG, like sound what's mm. going off at the moment, I think. Um, and they played that and like literally the whole room was jumping up and down at like half yeah. 10 or half 11. And I was just like, Sick. what? Like you don't Yours. get this in the UK at all. Yeah. Um, but I think they just don't have the, um, the choice like to take it for granted. Like they don't, it's just rare that something pops up and they all just really like it. Yeah. Um, whereas we've got so many events here and like everyone's playing everywhere, like every weekend. Yeah. Um, but do yeah. Do you feel like there's maybe a bit of, um, do you feel, do you ever feel like there might be a, like a little bit of oversaturation in the UK? I don't think we, I don't think with the garage stuff so much, there's a lot of drum and bass events though. And I think in, in, I can only really talk for Bristol because I've lived here for so long, but like mm. there is literally an event on every night. Like if I wanted to go out tonight and watch drum and bass, I'd mm. be able to find at least two auctions, two or mm. three auctions. And that's like every single night of every single day, um, which is great. But um, yeah, there could be a bit of oversaturation in Bristol, I think, with drum and bass. It's really hard to like get in mm. for a lot of my friends that are drum and bass heads. They want to like mm. get into it and they can't. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like this. Um, it's quite interesting when we've had people speaking on about like events and bookings and stuff like that in the in the past. Like it's 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 sort of two mindsets where obviously all of these events that go on and every festival and every um show is at the end of the day a business. Like people think like even like working the news or everything, people f- like oh why are you posting this? Why are we doing this? Why like that? And it's like we're it's a business at the end of the day. Like none of these things are charities, unfortunately. Like everyone has to make money and everyone has to do stuff. So like obviously there are events that like people will be like. Uh, you couldn't just be like, right, we need to half the amount of events that are going on in this town or in this city because it's sort of like making every event is not hitting as much as it can because there's like loads of more on. But obviously people want to yeah. people want to run labels, want to run nights, like have to put events on and do stuff like that. Um, but then I did, yeah, I definitely over the last, I think it was specifically like um, this summer as well for festivals, it just sort of seemed like every festival lineup was just like the exact same. And it's got worse mm. and worse over like the last five, six years. This is even before COVID where you sort of see like big festivals like Reading and Leeds, which obviously used to be um, uh, like rock, metal, like everything like that. And then they'd have sort of like one or two dance acts. They'd have like the Radio 1 dance stage, but like you said, it would be like Chemical Brothers or other big stuff like that before. Um, and then especially over the last five, six, seven years have just moved. Obviously they're moving with the times. Obviously that's what creates money. That's what creates ticket sales. That's what does that. But when every festival starts to do that, it's then like, oh, they just all look like the same. Like everything looks like like each other. Like We Are Festival looks like Part Life looks like Best of All looks like this, yeah. like this, like this. And then you get, you get the occasional ones where you get like... Um, uh, duh, 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 duh. God, why have I forgot the name of it? 
Boomtown, we'd have like, okay, cool, right, they're going to put on some hip-hop acts and they're going to put on some like dub acts and they might have like, they had like um, Damien Marley and other stuff like that before. And it's like, okay, cool, right, that's some different acts that you wouldn't see at other headline slots. But a yeah. lot of them, it's just like, and it's great, obviously it's great for DJs and it's great for like, what well, I do want to get on, well, I'm not going to get onto it now, but it's great for um, management and it's great for like booking agents and stuff like that as well, where they're like looking after say like 12 different acts and they're like, yep, you can have this act, but you've got to book this person as well. Or yep, you can mm. have this act, but you've got to put this person on the support and it's like everyone knows it goes on that sort of yeah. works within the industry knows what goes on the scene but it does sort of then get to the point where you're like oh, it's difficult in a way it's like a victim of its own success where it's difficult to then stand out from the yeah. crowd because you're like okay we're going to put on this cliche sort of drum and bass night or we can put this cliche sort of like house night on and it's going to have this as the headliner and these two like or three sort of support DJs and it's just like well that just looks like something that went on last month and yeah, then like yeah, people yeah, obviously yeah. don't want to buy tickets for it and then obviously yeah. then because people don't want to buy tickets for it like they have to put prices up and then like venues obviously are going like spending like charging more money to like obviously hire out venues and like cost of living and everything like that and it's just like oh god it's just this perfect storm of like bullshit yeah. where it's very difficult to like generate something where you go like oh that's a really new cool sick concept or like that's a really new night that I've never heard of before you're like oh that is going on like sort of here around there but I don't yeah, know I don't want to be negative difficult. around it but it's no no it's it's difficult it's definitely difficult I think like the last six months as well like I've noticed the clubs get emptier and emptier yeah. um it does do that I think every year but um just like at the moment it's difficult and over um over summer like all the festivals that I was in and around like I found that they were all kind of half capacity and not yeah. like full yeah, yeah and if there were less festivals it would be a thing but obviously like you said like businesses yeah. gotta run their business um, and I used to feel like this is what we said right at the start as well going back to the FOMO thing like there was a couple of times where I'd be like oh I need to see this set like the only thing I now sort of get excited for is if it's like a certain DJ doing like uh, a classics set or a certain DJ doing like a set that's not necessarily specifically one on their own but it's like a one-off type thing but yeah. the amount of times now we're just like oh I've missed this per like I'm not going to this event and it's like oh well, I could probably see him in two months like in the same city or in the yeah. same venue it's yeah, like it's yeah, no, yeah. There's, no, there's no beef or there's no sort of like oh fuck I've missed that um, yeah. and it's like well I can I can see him like in the next city across or I can see him here and that and which is good and obviously it's a beautiful thing to say like obviously people that went out like fucking 30 40 years ago would not be able to say the same thing um so it is sort of like a is a, is a very privileged position to be in to be like oh yeah I haven't got to worry about missing this or missing that um but then it does make it very difficult to get excited about a lot of things I don't know where I don't know how you feel about that but I, no, I find now it's like I'm not 100%. really excited about it or I'm not really sort of like I'm not like, fuck yeah, like this is wicked, this is sick. And I don't know whether it's because I'm potentially getting slightly older or whatever, but there's there's no events that are sort of stuck out where I'm like, you've got who? Or like, you've booked what? Or like, how yeah, are they playing yeah, here or yeah. anything? It's just like, oh, it's a name that I've seen. With, like with exception of like Boomtown. Yeah. Like with, um, uh, I saw Noisier at Boomtown yeah. this year. It was like, it was really good. Yeah. Um, I think there's a few, you, but then like, also you could just not, to say like who you booked at Boomtown and people will just turn up anyway because it's yeah. just a sick experience. There's no bit of scandal around, not scandal, but there's a little bit of beef around it this year where like they had, because um, obviously it's, it's no secret that like lots of festivals like took a massive loss this last year, even if they went ahead, like lots of them had to cancel and lots of them put out of money. But 
with regards to sort of like festivals taking, having to make up losses for like obviously taking a year and a bit off, having to pay artists, um, retain like fees that they would have even already got contracts to be obliged to because even if yeah. the event didn't go on and stuff like that, so then they're down. That combined with like big companies, I won't name who, but like big company, like ticket sales companies that have had money locked up or have gone into liquidation or have been like declared bankruptcy. Yeah. There's lots of stuff where it's gone like, fuck, like just like I said, a perfect storm of like bullshit around the whole of the industry where it's like yeah. money money getting here oversaturation here nothing being going on here and so it's like oh fuck okay but then i remember yeah then posted even boomtown on their actual thing posted a, a, um, a, a social media post saying like we're not having as bigger acts this year because we sort of like need to recoup the, this is not verbatim this is just a general gist but like we're not having as big acts this year because we need to recoup some losses we're still putting on great artists and we're still putting on big people but like don't expect it to be like some massive massive incredible headliner because of xyz yeah. which is great because obviously it sort of takes it back to its grassroots however if you are someone that's young and maybe getting into the industry and like for example if you'd have um, i was about to say if you if it was like if you could take yourself back to like 15 16 at nas and they didn't have a massive headliner on you might be like well where the fuck am i going but obviously that was a yeah a, a coming of age thing so you might have still went but there might be people yeah. that have expected like some one massive act that are now suddenly sort of like um i don't really want to go now but on the flip side yeah. to that obviously then people kicked off with glastonbury who had to put their tickets up by like 60 70 quid this year or roughly around that um yeah. to be able to do that and still be able to have the festival and have those headliners and then so you're obviously like you're buggered if you do you're buggered if you don't like it, it, both ways people are always going to have something to complain about yeah 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 no you're you're right you're 100 right yeah so it's, um, uh, it's interesting it's, it's a difficult time obviously i think to to work in the music industry um and i don't think obviously everything has fully reset or has uh, gone back to normal 100 percent since like covid or lockdown obviously we're sort of like a year and a bit out of like festival or and events and stuff coming back but um obviously a lot of people will put on like we said about social media we'll put on like a brave face or we'll put on the highlights we'll put on like yeah this is all wicked and going well when actually if it comes to like the business side of it or maybe back in the head office they're like fuck we need to make some money or we need to do something to like sell tickets or we need to do some other bits and pieces yeah which is a uh, yeah which is a uh, which is quite just an interesting yeah bit of an interesting time to uh, to sort of be around what and um, what frustrates you about the industry is it like well about DJing or producing i think um one of the hardest things for me is just like the lack of like routine just with the nature of of it um but there's nothing i like i don't feel there's i mean there are things that frustrate me like in terms of like inequality and like all sorts of things like that but in terms of like person like my personal frustration is like not being able to like go out with my mates on the weekend or um, missing like important things like birthdays and um yeah I had my graduation which I could only just like attend um stuff like that and do you mean that's because you're booked sorry to go to shows or you've got events yeah, like yeah, yeah. That you're going to? yeah yeah or just traveling or, or whatever um but yeah and then also like not having like the direction in the week because like that is your time to make music but it's also your time where you want to catch up with friends but then like everyone's works like a nine to five so like slightly isolating yeah um but i still love it though yeah so it's just sort of being like, out of sync with the rest of like the general population yeah you do like most often like nine to five monday to friday friday evening they go out saturday evening they might go out whatever and then sunday relax and chill and obviously you yeah. might be traveling around the country might be going abroad obviously then yeah so yeah i get that maybe sort of just being out of sync yeah we've just sort yeah, of like 100%. 
um, yeah, that's understandable. I think most producers or, well, not even producers, I think most producers, most managers, most artist liaisons, most, most like um, everyone that sort of like works with an artist or works within the music scene will sort of be on that sort of mad travel. I mean, when we've asked people this before, like the big thing is like travel. People hate traveling. People hate the hours of going around. And yeah, some of them are. Um, yeah, like you hear obviously like going around the country and like going for like five, six, seven hours on the train or whatever, obviously to play an hour set. You're getting good money. Obviously it's a vibe and you enjoy it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's got to be quite difficult. And obviously it's got, to, some people have spoke about it being quite taxing on mental health and stuff as well a lot of the time where it feels like people are like, oh yeah, it looks wicked obviously online and you put up photos and you put up videos and there's a good crowd hype and like you put up when you get a release and an EP and obviously you put the reels up. But then some people are like, I just feel so fucking pressured into doing this. And sometimes obviously you want, um, some time off but obviously anyone that works in like the entertainment industry if you're like a comedian or an artist or in a band or anything like that you can't really be like a lot of the time unless you're like massive 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 artist would feel comfortable to be like you know what i can't do this show because i'm a yeah it's difficult as well to know like the balance where you should be turning down shows mm. um luckily because my girlfriend's a dj as well we work on the same schedule so it's mm. like it's fine like we're both away weekends we know we can't do weekends and then the time we do spend with each other is in the week like we mm. tend to like have a sunday roast with some other like dj friends like all coming back and then um and then monday off and then we'll like do the week um but yeah yeah, yeah. i forgot where i was going with that to be fair no, it's right. It's quite nice that you obviously can be supportive of each other if you are on the same routine and like you can both empathize, like knowing like how you feel and like what's what's going on. Like um, like you said there about feeling isolated from other friends or like slightly off a kilter with other friends, but feeling like nice and um, on the same sort of track as your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I think as well, like mental health wise, I think people underestimate like how much sleep you can get. It's just you just can't really get much sleep if you're doing mm. like a show that like finishes at four in the morning and hotel checkout is the same for djs as it is everyone else yeah. it's like 11 a.m yeah, yeah, and like yeah that and then you have to travel home and then you have to like not be tired because you've got like stuff to do i yeah. think that's that's like quite tiring but then learning how to just learn how to like take breaks and like just relax because i think if you're self-employed you feel like you need to be put in as much maximum effort in at all times. And if you don't have the structure of having a weekend, it's quite difficult to know when you should, um, when you should stop, like mm. when should I stop working? When should I be not trying to make music? When am I giving my brain a rest? Like, when do I do that? I think that's probably one of the difficult things about it. Yeah. But, um, I'm trying to get that down at the moment with my roasts on the Sunday. With the roast, the religious yeah. roast happening on the Sunday, getting that yeah. routine in every week. That sounds like a good vibe. I, mean, do you know what? I love nice. a roast. I fucking really love a roast nice. so much. What's your go-to roast? Uh, I mean, if I'm out, beef. Yeah. I'm at home, chicken. Chicken, <laughs> easy to do, isn't it? Yeah. Easy to do chicken at home. Yeah. It's better um, as well. Yeah, yeah, but, it is. And it's cheaper. It is cheaper. It is 100% cheaper. Are you going to be doing the cooking for Christmas? Nah, no, <laughs> no. Not a good cook. I'm not. I'm not very good. I'm. I'm an all right cook, but I'm like, I'm all right at doing a roast. But like me and Anais, my girlfriend, have tried yeah. to do like roast for our friends before, and they've all been like, "Nah, we'll just do the roast. You could just come." Oh no, you've been pinned <laughs> off. Oh, at least you put the effort in, though. But it's, uh, that's not the most positive feedback that you uh, that you'd have. Um, yeah, for doing that. But it's the thought and the love that counts, isn't it? It's the thought and the love that counts. 
We had to go and they were just like, no, nah, just come around. Nah, that was fine. Nah, wait, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, I was going to finish on my question to finish was going to be what piece of advice would you give to a, a producer or an upcoming artist? But you've beautifully and succinctly summarized that in the last section where you were saying about having a routine, making sure that you do look after your mental health, making sure that you do set time aside. And even though you want to say yes to everything and yes to all the shows and yes to the production and stuff like that, that it's good and healthy to find the balance before you sort of get pushed to that breaking point and be like, actually, you know what? Maybe I don't need to do like a show every single Friday and Saturday for like yeah. three every single time. Because for the rest of your time. life as well. Yeah, like. for the rest of your life. You still got, I mean, yeah, if you're obviously in it for the long run and you carry on doing it, um, yeah, you want to make sure that it's a sustainable career and not something that's like a flash in the pan where it's like a, a sprint and you suddenly do two years of like loads of music and then you burn out for like forever and ever. Yeah. So that's actually a lovely piece of advice. Um, to, to finish on really uh, Izzy so thank you very much for jumping on the uh, to, uh, jumping on the episode and record today uh, it's no been worries. interesting to, uh, to obviously I've not really spoken to anyone that was putting on we spoke to uh, Dace Play about the free parties he put on and the different stuff that he was putting on there but I don't think he was doing necessarily village halls um, <laughs> and I don't think he was doing uh, stuff like that so it's interesting to, uh, to think like yeah people that lived in rural areas and you weren't 18 yet so you couldn't do it so you just make make do amends and, um, and like put on events in uh, there and that's how you cut your teeth and then obviously like you said having a bit of a jazz background and could have potentially went down that route but instead went to Bristol and obviously um, did the music production um, there and then obviously that has led on to all of the Bristol music and all of the scene and all of the bits and pieces that follow through there so it's been a great episode thanks very much Izzy thank you I've told you once I've told you twice you're not on the list alright alright